The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome to Everyday Peace. I am Dr. Drayvon James and I am super excited today as you join us. And today we decide to explore the concept of living a life of peace every day. Peace defined as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. My goodness. I hope that resonates with you and lands in the same place in your heart and your mind and your soul as it does for me. Just living in this space of wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. That's what we're going to explore today. And I want to tell you that, yes, it's possible for you to have peace every day. Yes, you deserve peace every day. And yes, you can have peace every day. We work together on this show to bring you the topics and the guests to partner with you as you create your life of peace every day. And today, our fabulous guest is none other than Paul Roach, who joins us today. And he is a native of Wales, UK, a graduate from the Jesus College in Oxford and Oxford University. He has a BA and MA in degree in English and post graduate degree in education from the University of Wales. Uh, he spent time everywhere. I, I'm so impressed with this um, time that he spent in India and Nepal. A little bit jealous, I have to tell you, that I always wanted that experience to um, be able to stay in another country for an extended period of time. But he is also a Unity Radio host, radio host, and a long time he's retired from preaching at the Unity um, Fort Worth from 1988 to 2018. How is that for some longevity? Our conversation today is going to center around a question that I have been getting a lot. And that is the difference between spirituality and religion. And is there really a difference? Um, so I'm excited to get to this topic. I've, I've personally been asked this question at least two to three times uh, in the month of September. So I'm excited to talk about this. I don't know, maybe this is just the season or the climate for it, but welcome to the show, Paul. We're so happy to have you. Well, thank you. It's great to be here, Drayvon. I'm really looking forward to it. Thanks. Yeah. You know, so you were this... mentioning peace and, uh, and that's the sort of centerpiece of your show. One of my favorite affirmations is uh, Charles Fillmore's affirmation. I am centered and poised in the Christ spirit, and nothing can disturb the calm peace of my soul. And that gets me every time. That sums everything up for me. You know, when we, we seek first the kingdom, right, go, go to the heart of things, go to the Christ spirit, then nothing can disturb the calm peace of our souls. And then just affirming that a few times when I'm a bit frazzled, you know, gives me an amazing centeredness and power and ability to move forward again. So, yeah, I love that affirmation. 
Oh, I love it too. And I, I think it's so appropriate. You know, it says nothing can disturb the calm peace of my soul. It sort of jolts you and brings you back to the present moment because right. in this present moment, I, I love that whole con- in this present moment, what is wrong? Maybe the moment that you're fretting about that has already passed or the moment that you're fretting that's going to come. But in this present moment, remaining remaining in, the, in this present moment where all of our power resides is so peaceful and learning to do that. So I, I like that affirmation. Thank you for sharing that because I really do believe that there are things that we can do that really jolt us back to the present moment. Right. Absolutely. So, but, but, before we jump into that, we're going to talk. I love to just meet you. You've you've done some amazing work. I listened to your show and and some of your preaching, and and I always walk away with several aha and yes, I need to do more of that. <laughs> so uh, well, that's good. Just, well, thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for for being who you are and being obedient to your calling. It does make a difference in the lives of many, and I'm one of those many. So. Let's just take a moment before we jump into our topic today, which is spirituality. I say, I say this jokingly, but spirituality versus religion in some people's mind and definitely not in mine. But um, we'll, we'll kind of pull all that together for us today. But before we get to that place, um, tell us, some, how did you become the person that you are? I know you spent time in India. That just makes me smile when I say that. But how did you become so entrenched in this religion, new thought? What do you want to call it? Yeah, it's a it, it's a long long story, obviously, but uh, just a thumbnail sketch. It, you know, I think I've always been mystical. You know, I was a nature mystic when I was a child, and always felt there was a sense of uh, the numinous, or the sense of spirit around and within everything, and uh, never really found that in the church of my upbringing. You know, I needed it something else, and so uh, yes, I went to India in my early twenties. And uh, it was a kind of watershed moment for me. You know, I often think of my life before India and after India. And um, India woke me up to a lot of uh, the, the wonder of the spirit within us, uh, you know, within us and around us, uh, interpenetrating everything. And I, I should say, though, I've always loved Jesus because I think he understood this connection. But the, the religion about Jesus, you know, the, the, the Christianity or churchianity, as it's sometimes called, sort of misses the point, you know. So I loved unity because for me, it allowed me to uh, be um, eclectic, open to all religions, and yet also be centered in the, in the Christ teachings. And um, that's the beauty of unity, I think, is, is that it's very centered in the, the, what I would think of as the true teachings, you know, the core message, uh, uh, the metaphysical message of, of love and possibility, which, which is the message of Jesus, and, and yet open also to the wisdom of the world. You know, there's so much um, value in uh, the East and in all religions, actually, there, there's, there's value. And, of course, we'll talk about, the, you know, the downside to religions in a minute, but but intrinsically, there, there's a lot of wisdom enshrined in the world's faith traditions. Yes, there is a lot of wisdom. And, and I agree with that. You've said a couple of things there that really uh, spark my interest. And before I get to those, I want to say one of the things that I find really fascinating about you is your strong grasp and understanding of so many different practices. And one of the things that I love is 
being able to draw on the commonality. There is so much that we share in, in practice. I often tell people right. that when I grew up, I had one of the most, uh, I think, unique experiences, but very valuable is that my mom uh, went to a new, Tho new thought church on Saturdays and took her children with her. And then we went to a Pentecostal church on Sunday. <laughs> and as a kid, you can imagine that was not the highlight of my week. But when I sat in those two very different practices, the practices were different, but I could hear then, even then as a small child, the commonality between the teachings and the beliefs. I'm like, oh, this is really very similar to what we got over there, just packaged a little differently. And sometimes when I listen to some things that you've said, I'm like, oh yeah, that's, he's pointing out here and Tao and here, this, you know, writing and here in the Bible, and we can pull together, maybe it's phrased differently, but we can definitely find that commonality that does exist in, in universal truth, as I would call it, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's called, uh, by some, the perennial philosophy. It was Aldous Huxley who wrote a wonderful book synthesizing uh, different religious uh, traditions and, and showing the commonalities. And he called it the perennial philosophy. And I love that name because it's always available. You know, it shows up in different ways in different places, but it, it's, it's there in, in everything if you, if you look deeply enough. And, you know, you mentioned going to the New Thought on Saturday and, and uh, you know, the, a more traditional church on, on Sunday. And, you know, I've been to several um, African-American communities, you know, for their services. And I'm always uh, amazed, at, number one, about the soulfulness of it. You know, it's very different to my background, but I love it because there, there's a sense of um, really being present to the experience, you know, to the feeling nature of it. But also in the in the preaching that I've experienced, and maybe I've been lucky, I don't know, but um, it's been metaphysical. You know, there's been a lot of symbolic interpretation of the Bible, you know, how it applies in our lives today. And and I always come away from those services being, you know, extremely refreshed. So, and I think part of it is because once you, you understand the key, you right, the, once you understand the metaphysical understanding uh, and appreciate that, then you see it everywhere. You know, you, you, you see, I can even go back to the church of my childhood that never really excited me. And I can sit through a service now and understand it in a new way because, you know, I understand what they're really saying. You know, if you see what I mean, they're, they're pointing yeah. to something that before I, I, I dismissed because I didn't understand the language. Now, now I can see, ah, yes, they're, they're pointing to the same truth that we might talk about in, in unity. So that's refreshing. You know, go, go beneath the surface of anything, as you say, and there's a commonality. There's a, there's a deep understanding, I think, that's available. And, and I find that same thing um, very fascinating, too, even though I would say in a lot of traditional churches, they would say, OK, this is not metaphysical. But if you really listen, I said, you're you're un you're you're understanding and communicating something on a deeper level that you your consciousness hasn't opened up to yet, but right. your soul definitely understands it because you're communicating it very, very well. And I have to agree with you. One of the one of the things that I love most about the African American experience in church is that they really know how to draw you into your feelings so that you can be present. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. They do a very, very good job of that, of making you very present in this moment and so that you can let go of those um, strongholds or those those 
tithes from the mind because the mind is often so very busy that it keeps you from being in this present moment. So you and I could be here having this conversation, but worried about what happened last night or what could possibly happen tomorrow. And, you know, something about walking in that church and they get the drums going and the music and you're just here and everything else seems to melt away for that time period so that you can open up to that moment and just really sort of get the stuff that needs to land on you where it needs to land on you. And you get that moment of of peace, you know, because you're, I often say this too, is that our minds are so busy. We just overwork them. And that for that moment, your mind can just rest. Well, some churches, you know, some of the more traditional churches uh, tend towards, um, especially the, the traditional liberal churches tend towards the cerebral, you know, not, you're not, you're not, they're not contacted with feelings so much as uh, they're, they're talking to your head, like you said, to your mind. And, and that, that doesn't always get you to where you need to go because we need to get to the heart. That's where the feeling comes in. And I know some Absolutely. people call, call it, uh, you know, God's uh, frozen chosen, you know, they're, they're too cold about it. You, you need a spirituality that's got a sort of visceral warmth to it, I think, if, if there's going to be a real change. You know, if, you, if you're not excited about it at a deep level, I'm not talking just emotionalism, but, but a deep heart connection, then there's, there's, there's transformation. So that, that's crucially important, I think. Yeah, you know, I love you said when, you, when you're not excited about it. I remember hearing something that you said, I think this was a couple of years ago, but you were uh, referencing your love for rock and roll. And I agreed, you said something to the, you know, you've got to get kind of revved up about if you really want change in your life, you, yeah, you've got to be some up, passion. Yeah. Right. And passion, right. Stoked. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> you guys are stoked. And so that passion comes from a place that is beyond thought. Right. Absolutely. It's, yeah. It's beyond thought. And so we're talking today about, you know, just this idea of spirituality. Are you this is the question as it was posed to me. And I'm so glad to ha- have this conversation with you about this. Would you classify yourself as spiritual or religious? And I got to tell you, I I am a believer in in, in, in the teachings of, of Christ and but I was hesitant to answer that question because I thought, well, um, when I think of religion, I think of um, sometimes I, I I think of exclusion, you know, right, and, exactly, and uh, you know how we it, almost like a sorority or a fraternity, so, somewhat, you know, you could pledge over here, you could pledge over here. So what, what are your thoughts? We're going to spend some time unpacking this today. I know there are lots of people who are interested to know that how to answer that question and where is, the, you know, we'll go, I guess, a little deeper than that. Where is the place? Um, there is, is, is traditional religion in the way that I practice it coming up on Sundays. Is that relevant for the modern day condition of mankind? That's a huge question, isn't it? And, um, we'll be on and we're, in, we're in the process of investigating that. You know, uh, I do know that the millennial generation, you know, is are the ones that are very skeptical about traditional uh, religion, traditional churches, particularly. And, you know, we've seen the rise of the uh, SBNR movement, you know, spiritual but not religious. And um, so there's, there's a distinction being made between, you know, spirituality and and religion. Religion is more tied to, you know, the church and uh, to traditional worship and whatnot. 
spirituality is something you can do anywhere at any time you know in, in any in any form um unfortunately religion has let's let's face it it comes with a whole load of baggage doesn't it you know because we have so much history there when we look back at our christian history you know that there's so many um parts uh, that we might say oh my god did that ever happen you know the 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 torture and killing of people in the Inquisition, the burning of witches, the you name it, on and on throughout history. And uh, today we have the um, misunderstanding of the, of the Muslim religion because, you know, uh, so many of the terrorists and whatnot um, uh, purportedly stand for I Islam, but really, in truth, they don't, you know, because uh, Islamic teachings forbid that kind of behavior. Uh, and then also we've been, in, you know, infiltrated by fundamentalism over the last hundred or so years, you know, which I think puts people off. So uh, there's, a, there's a number of threads here of why people are dissatisfied with religion, per se. And, the, the, you know, the very important one is what you just said, and that is it's a club, you know. Do you belong to the right club? And um, you have to have the right thoughts, you have to have the right beliefs. And... And I think people are tired of that, you know, of having to conform. So in some ways, it's it's sad that we have this division. In another way, it's very creative because we have an opportunity to break the bonds, right, and move into a new understanding. And I think religion can come along with the new um, understanding. I don't think it's an either-or situation. Um, religion itself, traditional churches can morph and change, and as many have, you know, to to see um, see themselves in a new light. Uh, and that's not to water down the teachings. That's just to let go of some of the things maybe that were um, no not satisfactory anymore. You know that. Uh, but, you know, while this is happening, I'm sorry to chunter on here, but it's obviously an important topic for me. You know, while this is happening, though, there's always going to be some retrenching. Right. So when this new thing's happening, there's always the traditional the fundamentalist uh, that wants to maintain the status quo. And that's that's where the sort of the struggle comes sometimes um, a certain rigidity. Um, you know, well, I, you know, I don't agree with all these changes. I'm happy with where I am, you know. And, uh, you know, and so that, that, that creates a problem, too. I'll shut up. <laughs> no, you, you brought up some very good points. And as you were talking, I, I recalled um, one of the things that someone had said to me in the month of September was that religion separates people, right? And isn't yes. that what Christ came not <laughs> to do? Yeah, right? absolutely. So you get it you get into where I'm Baptist, I'm Southern Baptist, I'm Methodist, I'm a you know apostolic, you know. And so you have this separation all you know, all serving uh, the same God, but uh and and then of course as you mentioned, if you're not subscribing to a, a Christian denomination and you're going well i'm muslim i'm jewish what have you but it just seems that all of this is separating instead of bringing us together under the one you know universal love or what have you so uh and i think most people would agree with that most people would agree with that you know when you travel i know one of the things i used to try to do when i traveled with my children on vacation was to find if we were going to be there for extended period of time we'd find a church to go to occasionally and you know 
I wouldn't mind what religion it was really. I was just a church, a place to worship and um, to take that time of fellowship with, with believers and before we get back to our vacationing. But I know for a lot of people, that's hard to do because if the religious, the ceremonial practices don't mimic what they're accustomed to in their own church or what, and their own right, religious practices, exactly. they have a hard time finding that connection to a universal power. And for me, that's really what it all is about, is that connection with a higher power. So what, how would you define spirituality? If someone says, I'm a spiritual person, what, what is that exactly? Yeah, again, I think that would be different for each person that was asked that question, right? But, but it is, like you said, it's, it's, it's um, an awareness that there is something greater than just uh, materialism, right? That there is a, a larger power working in, in and through us that isn't just in, the, in a church, but is available to us individually uh, on a daily basis, as you mentioned earlier, in the present moment. Um, it can be found in nature, as it was for me when I was a child. You know, it, it can be found in a yoga studio, right? It, it can be found in a practice that, that is, um, you know, you might say is, you know, not religious per se, but it, but it is deeply meaningful to someone. So like a, a listening to a piece of music, for instance, or, or painting, whatever, uh, these can all be spiritual experiences. So, so it's a sense of connection to the one, I would say, ultimately, is, is spirituality. The fact that there is the spirit that interpenetrates everything and shows up in everything, you know, so so that um, it it illuminates, it it, it shines, it, it uh, connects. It's the the beautiful binding quality of love um, that that is that is available to all of us, and so that that would be the spirituality. Yes, it can exist in in a church setting or in a religious setting. Absolutely, you know, we're not knocking. Religion. I'm certainly not. I mean, I love um, all kinds of spiritualities and the religious traditions. I'm writing a book on it right now, Unity in World Religions. Um, and, you know, so I see the value, but but I also see ultimately, you know, what, what the, it's between you, right? It's a personal relationship that you have uh, between yourself and the divine that's that's within you and around you. And that that's spirituality, I think. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I love that you said that it's that personal relationship, because I believe in and I agree with, with you, we're definitely not knock, knocking religion. It's a large part of who I was raised to be and a large part of how I practice and raise my kids as well. And but that piece that you just said about spirituality being a personal relationship. Now, we know at least I growing up and have heard this throughout my time attending church that we are each. Um, encouraged, uh, there's a stronger word, but I can't grab it right now, but encouraged to have a personal relationship with our Lord and Savior, right? And so there, to me, spirituality, a component of religion has this spirituality built into it. It is about Absolutely. relationship, having this relationship. And that, so to me, and that's why I had such a difficult time answering the question, because Maybe the if you're asking me, does the traditional practice, you know, um, whether or not you take communion on the first Sunday or the third Sunday or the fourth Sunday, or you know, all those things get into, you know, the legalism of the of the practice. But 
spirituality does seem to be entwined as an integral part of the of the religious practice because we have to have that personal connection uh, with our savior however you define it whatever word you want to use to define that another thing that, that you said that i thought was really really um poignant and, and, and needs to be brought up is that it's the spirituality is the thing the whatever that is you use nature and i just want to um, piggyback off of that that thing that helps you to commune with something that is beyond materialism. So right. this morning I had to be at work at 6 a.m., but it was still very, very dark outside. But I happened to just, you know, the leaves are falling. I'm noticing how, you know, the leaves are losing the chlorophyll and there are trees that are already beautifully colored. And it sort of put me in this space, you know, the spiritual experience of just realizing that for me, what I was getting from that is this is the season of letting go. As I watch leaves just cascade so beautifully to the pavement, and I thought, this is what happens here. And nature teaches us that, that for everything, there is a season, right? And so the trees are letting go, the leaves are letting go of their chlorophyll, and they're letting go of the leaves, indeed, where the branches are becoming bare. And it's not a season to be sad. It's just a season, like every other season, to be in the now, and we've been through so many of these these cycles for those of us who live in the areas where we have four seasons. We've seen this so many times that uh, we're not fearful that we'll never see a beautiful green tree again. You know, we know that process will happen and we know that this season is necessary. And it's an excellent that, point, you know, as we're going through COVID, right, that to... Um... To have that that sense of uh, resilience and patience and um, knowing that, you know, this too shall pass. We will get through this and we have the strength within us to do that. So, yes, excellent. Right. And nature teaches that to, to your point about this awareness of there being a power beyond what we can physically touch. Nature teaches us that, you know, and I did have that. I'm so glad you brought that up about COVID. You know, says, and I can't I can't recount the there is a place in the Bible where it says that to everything, there is a season, a season to mourn and a season to, you know, rejoice and all right, of these right. things. A season to pull. Ecclesiastes, right? A season to pull near and a season to 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 pull away, and I think I thought about that at the beginning of the whole COVID. So we're going to come back right after this break, and we're going to continue with our fabulous guest today. We're talking about spirituality and religion. We'll join you right after this break. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome back to Everyday Peace. We have a special guest with us today, uh, Paul John Roach, and we are discussing spirituality and religion. And just before the break, we were talking about a, a very fascinating point that Paul made 
uh, about spirituality being a practice that helps you become aware of our connection, and I'm paraphrasing, but aware, this is how I understood it, aware of our connection with something bigger than ourselves, bigger than materialism, something, if you will, that maybe blankets the entire of everything and, and that, whatever that is. And for me this morning, uh, we, that was uh, watching those leaves cascade to the pavement and just reconnected me with source. And I just really... That was a beautiful, beautiful experience. And you mentioned that that could happen. And it, it happened to you. You said you, 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 during your youth, it was nature that first helped you to get, I guess, your spiritual experiences. Is that what you were saying? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I've always been that way, you know, up to this present time. But probably my my chief connection to to that quality we're talking about was uh, was through is through nature and um you know, I have many other practices now. I'm, I'm very involved with chanting and and uh, meditation and other practices. But but nature is uh, is pretty primary for me. You know, and and that and that's beautiful because, like you said, it's always available. It's always around us, even if we're deep in the city, right? There, there's uh, there's uh, uh, something of nature, even if you just look up into the sky. And the cool thing about nature is, if you sit quietly for a while. Everything comes to you, right? You, the birds come, the the insects come, the the changes of the sky come. You don't have to do anything except be present to to it, uh, to be aware of it, and and that's the magic, I think, of the universe. The universe will come and roll in ecstasy at our feet. I think it was Franz Kafka, Kafka that said that, you know, um, and, and it's it's beautiful. It's always available. That that spirit is is there. Uh, to be seen once we calm down and just look. So to me, that's fabulous. You know, that's beautiful. Yeah, that is, you know, and you're right. It's always there. It's always available for us. And that was the, my beginning point about how, you know, getting out of our head and getting into this body space and allowing us to feel into the moment really creates a space where we can have the best of both worlds. I, I definitely, going back to our uh, uh, future uh, previous point is that it's not so much that you can't have religion of course that I, I love the traditions I love a, a lot of the traditions that I've learned to to rely upon but it is really about creating a space where you're in relationship with this higher power in direct relationship and nature is a great way a great way to do that. One of the things you just mentioned, and I think we have a caller is trying to get on. I'm going to see if we be having just a little bit of difficulty, but I'll give it a second. Uh, one of the things that you mentioned that I often get questions about is chanting and meditation and a prayer practice. So chanting and meditation, we are more accustomed to hearing that in a, a spiritual environment, right? We hear those words, chanting and meditation. We generally reserve the, the, the phrase prayer for um, for religious practices. Tell us a little bit about the difference between that and those two practices and prayer. Well, you know, people are always trying to say, well, what, what is the, or asking the question, what is the difference between prayer and meditation? And some people say, well, prayer is when you're talking to God and meditations when you you listen to god right and you know maybe that makes sense but to me prayer and meditation are the same thing you know there are a million kinds of prayer there's a million kinds of meditation but they all have the same aim and that is conscious connection to the divine 
Uh, and so, you know, call it a prayer, call it a meditation. I think it's it's pretty much the same. Um, sometimes in traditional Christianity, the, you know, the prayer is, is a, a, a spoken word prayer, but there are many forms of Christian prayer that involve the silence, just as in unity, you know, we go into the silence, which is more like a meditation. So um, contemplative prayer is is very similar to meditation. And that's become quite popular now throughout universities in the States, you know, this comp- contemplative studies programs and, and whatnot, which, which is an attempt, again, to bring the spirituality that we're talking about in, into everyday life and certainly into the life of, of students, you know. Um, so t- to me, whatever, whichever way you connect, you know, there's a, there's a famous story of the a group of islanders uh, that were could never remember to, to, to quote the, the scriptures correctly and pray correctly. So a cardinal came and um, spent like six months teaching them how to pray correctly and how to recite the, the words of scripture correctly. And uh, he, he was satisfied after six months uh, that they, they'd learned what they needed to learn. And so he left to, to go back across the ocean to uh, to Rome. Well, just about, you know, half a mile out, they'd already forgotten the prayers. So uh, they started running out across the water to him and said, Father, Father, please come back. We, we need your help. We've already forgotten the prayer. And as he saw them on the water, walking on the water, he said, listen, if you can do that, you don't need my help. Just pray the way you pray <laughs> and, and, right. and you know, everything will be okay. So you see, it's the it's the intent, it's the connection, it's the feeling, you know, that, that is important, and not the outward show of um, the words or whatever. So even if you pray, I think it was Meister Eckert that said, if if thank you God was the only prayer you ever prayed, that would be sufficient, you know. And we can all do that, right? Thank you God, you know, when you see evidence, the, the leaves are falling, the beauty of nature in the fall. Thank you God, you know, when the tap turns on and the spigot, then you've got water. Thank you God. You know, everything is cause for thanks, um, not just the big things, but the fact we're alive. I'm alive. Thank you, God. So, you know, that's a prayer. So, you know, everything's a prayer ultimately. Yeah, I, I agree with you. We get we, Sometimes we get so hung up and caught up on the terminology and we can use words uh, to our detriment instead of right. doing what they're supposed to do. So the words are supposed to unite us, right? And sometimes we can find it, we can do even that with the words is to divide us and find another reason. The, I think the e- egoic mind is always looking for something to divide over, right? <laughs> so, right, and, then, so you know, and that's that, part of the, the thing about religion that people don't enjoy i think is the idea that that there's this there's a cadre of people that are helping you get to god right with the priestly caste or the minister or or the the right people or the experts or whatever and and you feel like oh well they're the experts i really i can't do it but spirituality says of course you can you know dare to to come into this and and i think that's part of the joy of unity and new thought because the the aim of, of unity, uh, you know, Charles Fillmore and Myrtle Fillmore's um, aim was, was not to found a new religion, but to help people discover their connection to spirit uh, through the religion and tradition that they have. And, and I love that, you know, so it's, it's the idea that it's, um, it's a helpful aid to deepening your, your own practice. Uh, and, and I think unity and new thought in general is, is very helpful in that regard because it provides practical tools, techniques, principles 
to to live that life you know on a daily basis to 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 come back to the present moment you know li living it wherever you are whatever you're doing yeah I, you know when you said that and you're probably going to be able to quote wherever where all these things are in the bible but there was um there is something in the bible that says i put my laws in each man's heart so no man have need to teach another man and of course i'm paraphrasing that as well but that is the whole thought behind to me spirituality is you coming to the father coming to the source however you want to call it right uh, yeah yourself, exactly. right and knowing that when you come when you come and you open yourself up even a little bit you will find and receive uh, answers for yourself that, that you don't need to go to an intercessory for your relationship your relationship with the Lord or the universe or however you would like to call that it's you right now in whatever condition you deem yourself to be in have a direct line of communication with universal power and you don't have to rely on someone else to intercede on your behalf you know I do believe that there is there's strength in numbers and why not join you know together in unity Absolutely. but Definitely, you can go to the you can go to the throne alone and and, and be just as effective. I'm going. And to we're not to knocking up. ministers. I mean, I was a minister, an active you know church community for as you mentioned several decades. Um, there's some awesome priests and, and teachers out there that you know, they are connected to the source and and they they want to help others make that connection. So they do fabulous work. So we're not saying that they're not necessary. But but we're saying that, you know, they're not the one and only guide to this connection, right? You have your own own connection. I want to say something, too, because in the in recent uh, decades, there's been this idea that in some way there's a dualism between spirit and the world, you know, mind and matter, and that, that matter is sort of a loose, an illusion. And you see this a little bit in Course in Miracles and other teachings that we often um, lift up in, in Unity or New Thought. This, uh, this idea that uh, there's some kind of separation, you know, the idea is to get beyond the illusion into spirit. And, and I think that's that's um, not the, really the, the helpful because I think they're interconnected. Um, the, like you said earlier, you know, God speaks through and, and moves in nature, um, which, which is physical. And I, I love what Catherine Ingram wrote. She's a, a great spiritual teacher. She says embodiment is not a contradiction with divinity it is divinity's explicit expression so what we see embodied in nature or the world and the physical is the divinity's explicit expression and i love that because that that says there's we're actually one spirit and matter are one if you see them incorrectly um and and quantum physics is teaching us that right that the the, the consciousness and um, matter, uh, form, and the formless uh, sort of dance together, uh, and that's that's pretty cool and an amazing idea, I think. And and they're dancing together in and as us. Oh, that's so beautiful. It, you know, it's, it it almost makes me feel like, and and I think almost is is an overstatement. I really feel like sometimes we work too hard at what we already. You know, just right. relax. You know, the word of God says often, abide and, and know, right? And when you just said that, it just, that whole just washed right over me. In this moment, just just know, 
you know, that all is well. I am here. We are one. I'm going to go and pick up this caller that's been waiting so patiently. Okay. Let's see if I can get this on for us. Hello, you're on the air. We have our fabulous guest with us today. Um, Hello. Hello. Uh, Great show. Very great show. Um, I know you're time is getting short. So my question is this. He's made some very good points about spirituality and points about religion. I just had a question. Um, what positives does he see in organized religion? And that's my question. And um, thanks again for another great show. All right. Great question. Thank you. Um, yeah, there's a lot of positives in, in religion. You know, we have a huge tradition of a wisdom tradition that goes back in some cases thousands of years, you know, Buddhism, Hinduism, Christianity, you know, have a huge um, wealth of treasure, if you like. So that that's something we could partake of. There's been great teachers and mystics, um, way showers all through those traditions. Um, some of the scriptures are of incalculable worth. So uh, they're enshrined in those religions. Um, also, another strength of religion is the idea that, as you mentioned uh, earlier, Trayvon, but that we're, there's strength in numbers. You know, we're coming together in community. And when a community is really gathered in, in its centeredness with spirit, amazing things can happen. So it's a change agent, change agent for the world. Um, that's another strength of religion. Uh, religion itself, you know, I think goes back to the, the origin of the word is religio, which means to reconnect, to link together, a bit like yoga. Yoga is, has the same meaning, link, to, link together, to yoke. Um, so it's, it has the power to connect us back to our the origin. Where there's a problem is, you know, the, the baggage that surrounds religion sometimes gets in the way of us understanding the, 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 the positive sides but, I, you know, I, I love religions. As I said earlier, I think there's a lot of value in them, um, both spiritual value and community. Uh, the Buddha talked about the three great treasures, um, which is the Buddha, the Dharma and the Sangha, basically the teacher, the teaching and the community. And you need all three. Right. So um, the, the teacher, the, the leaders of the religion, the, the, the founders, perhaps and Jesus Christ in, in the case of uh, Christianity, the Dharma is the teaching, and we have the Gospels, uh, which, correctly interpreted, are wonderful uh, teachings of transformation. And then we have the Sangha, the community, which is the church. And um, so, you know, these are all important. They're like a three-legged stool that enables us to um, really uh, move forward effectively. And that's the, one of the downsides of spirituality. There is no real community around spirituality because it's so um, individual, right? We may have a, maybe a group we go to, but there's no um, community as such yet anyway. And, and so you know, that's, that's its inbuilt um, uh, weakness, if you like, right now. But it certainly has a, a teacher and a teaching. Um, so it's up to us to create that community. And, and we're looking at ways, I think, of creating spiritual communities. I know unity, for instance, is very much looking into that as it moves forward, is, is how do we become a community to the world, um, teaching these very open-ended um, and wonderful teachings that uh, are the principles of unity. So that, that's, that's sort of an answer. I hope that's, that gives you some, some way to go, look at. 
Yeah, that yes, was, it that does. Was, thank you very much. And thank you yeah. so much. That was a thank you. Thanks question. for the question, though. Great question. You're welcome. And thank you. Thank you for being an everyday peacemaker. We'll talk with you soon. Thank you. So, yeah, I, I thought you said something, Paul, that was very interesting. Right now, and, and I am a person who benefits in, from the uh, camaraderie, the the uh, fellowship, I also say that, you know, that sense of community that does come with, with religion. And I hadn't really thought until you just said that maybe that doesn't exist uh, on such a large uh, universal level with spirituality because it's, it is such an individualistic practice. My exactly. practice doesn't have to look at another person's practice. Uh, but I, I think, I think I, I do see uh, maybe not formally like religion is formed, but I do see that sense of community starting to, to develop, not so much, that, not to the degree that we see it with religion, but I do see that it is starting to become more of a community with spirituality, even with our own individual practices. And that I think is really good. This, uh, there is something I think that we didn't hit on that I see as a real positive with spirituality practice is the appreciation for individuality and I think that type of love and that type of community, which uh, loves even those whose practices do not resemble what they what they are accustomed to. So, I mean, that's to that's to me that the, the true um, embracing of diversity is to say, you know, it doesn't need to look like something that I'm familiar with, and and yet I still recognize you and I as being connected to the same source, cut from the same cloth, if you will. Uh, that is the beauty, I think, of spiritual spirituality is that that sense of respect and love is there, whether right, you're right, absolutely. You know, yeah, and, you know, it's, you, you can't second guess all this stuff because, you know, take Catholicism, for instance, you know, which is not a separate religion, though some people think it is sometimes, but definitely a large denomination. And, and you have the whole spectrum there from, you know, extremely right wing, uh, almost fundamentalist teachings on the one side, um, Opus Dei, whatever. And then you, then you have people like Richard Rohr, um, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, talking about non-dualism and, and universal love and whatnot, spirituality that we might be very familiar with in unity. And and all those exist within the, the Catholic communion, right? Um, so, so um, and they seem to be very uh, distinct from each other, and yet they're all in that uh, that community, that, that communion. And and that's a strength, isn't it? When you can have that, right? That, that yes. when it not, when it's not a strength is that when one side takes over and said this is the only way. Um, and that's what I like about Catholicism. It keeps renewing itself, even though it has struggles and difficulties and and aberrations, as all you know communities do. Uh, it, it, it has the power to renew, and um, and that that is another tendency I think that's healthy. Is you know is the community able to change, renew itself, look again, um, mm -hmm. and if it is, then that's that's probably a healthy community. Right, that ability to to evolve. Is, yes, I, I have to agree with that. So I'm getting it um, as I often do. Someone is texting me and asking me a question. And said, and religious. Oh, can a person be spiritual and religious at the same time? Of course, <laughs> absolutely. Of course, you can. Um, 
you know, they're not distinct things. They're, they're, we're only creating this uh, sense of uh, one or the other for the case of discussion. But ultimately, spirituality is hopefully happening in the church, right, in, in religion. And if we make a real connection with spirit, we have re-religged again, religio, re reconnected to to the one. So, um, yeah, they are, they are one and the same in many regards. Um, and if you go to, say, the Hindu uh, religion and you read the, uh, the Upanishads, which were written, you know, over 2,000 years ago, you see something quite remarkable there. It's, it's a deeply profound but clear teaching. Um, it's in the religion, but I would say it's beyond. It's both uh, part of the Hindu religion, but also part of world humanity's wisdom teaching that's available. So it's a very spiritual text. So to me, the Upanishads rep represent something that's both religious and spiritual, as is Jesus's teaching. You know, you don't need to be a Christian to understand and, and be amazed by Jesus's teaching. And, uh, you know, Mahatma Gandhi uh, read the Sermon on the Mount every single day alongside the Bhagavad Gita, parts of the Bhagavad Gita. Those were just two texts that he read every day. So that's how high, uh, you know, Mahatma Gandhi's placed the Bible and the teachings of Jesus. So, um, you know, there, there's, there's wonderful things in, in both, uh, I would say. There's no, there's no distinction. Um, we're, we're, you know, we're, call, we're calling it a good distinction because we're pointing out some of the baggage that comes with, with both ends, really. But uh, ultimately, um, it's about connection to the one, right? Connection to the divine. Yeah, that's a great question. I think that's a question that is in the minds of many people. And so I think what we're both saying here is that they're entwined. You know, your religious yes. practice is and that's a, a good word. Right. And if you are just a person who's just doing this, and I don't mean just to minimize, I just mean if you're doing a spiritual practice not connected to a formal religious practice, it's no less. It's, it's, it's the spiritual practice, which is the essence of what all of us are desiring to have is this relationship. So I think almost in, in my mind, I, I feel that we, in my mind, right, I say in my mind, I feel, but in myself, I feel that we could replace the word spiritual practice with a relationship practice because that's really what a spiritual what this is it's a relationship it's something where you're having this relationship of oneness with between your your fleshly being in your presence here on earth and this universal energy if you will and so that's right. what that is it's, it's relationship so you can say you know i have this relationship when i'm practicing a formal religion and when i'm not practicing a formal religion the relationship is in place well you know when we're in, in our higher selves in in our highest you know listening to our highest angels of our nature then we make connection, right? When, when we're listening to our egoic mind, as you said earlier, um, you know, there's separation. So, um, so we're inviting people to, and we're inviting ourselves to come up into that higher level of, of awareness. Otherwise, otherwise, everything is seen as separation. And, you know, there's the story of the, the man who was on the desert island for several years and um, finally was rescued and he's flying away and the pilot looks down on the island that he used to live on alone for years. And there were three houses. And he said, oh, look, there's three houses down there. What are those? And, and the man who was the castaway said, well, the first house is um, where I lived. And then, OK, what's the second house? Oh, that, that's my that's my church. 
And uh, he said, well, what's the third house? Oh, well, that's the church I used to go to. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, there's only one person on the island, but he'd created two religions already, you know, and he got annoyed right, with right. the one, then he went to the other. So th this happens when we let our ego, you know, get get hold of us. Um, we, we tend to divide. <laughs> but when we remember the truth, you know, we unite. We unite so. That, that is the whole point of this thing, is to remember the truth and remember our oneness and stay in the now. And it creates a wonderful place for growth and development and a wonderful place to experience the world from is the now. We're coming to the end of our program. And I just want to remind you that we have free gifts for everyday peacemakers. We have, of course, our free uh, seven-day learning course on discovering your passion how beautiful life is when we're living from a point of passion. In order to claim that free gift, you simply have to email with the subject line free to Dravon, D-R-A-V-O-N, James at gmail.com. Also want to remind you that there are free courses out there at a wonderful university. The University of Leadership and Lifelong Learning offers uh, online college courses. And I happen to teach one of those, but there are wonderful courses available. So check that out. It is the Institute for Leadership and Lifelong Learning. Paul, before we go, last words of encouragement for our listeners. From you. Well, I like what you said earlier, you know, we worry too much. It's time to let go, relax and allow that amazing power that's within you to express. So I, I see everybody that's listening doing that this week, just relaxing, letting go, not worrying so much, but allowing that beauty and power of spirit to move in and through you. Yeah, I love that. In the words of my mother, this too shall pass. Um, Amen. And that that is such a truth and living in that place can give us such comfort knowing that this too shall pass and if you're in a state where you're not thinking that it will think back a couple of years to some things that you thought would pass they're no longer there they pass this is dr drayvon james our fabulous guest today was um with us we we're talking about spiritual and religious practices until next week thanks for listening this is unity online radio the voice of an awakening world Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life.